Welcome to the 376th episode of the Reading and Writing Podcast. Stay tuned for my interview with writer Jesper Smith, author of the Keystone Bone Trilogy. Stay tuned for the interview. The Reading and Writing Podcast is brought to you by Libro FM. Libro.fm lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore. You can pick from more than 185,000 audiobooks, including bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers. You'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there, but you'll be part of a different story one that supports your local community and your local bookstore. If you're new to audiobooks, they're the perfect way to get more books into your busy life. You can listen during your commute, while doing chores, walking the dog, or just relaxing at home. All you need is a smartphone and the free Libro.fm app. If you already love audiobooks and don't know what to listen to next, check out recommendations and curated lists from people who know audiobooks best, your local bookseller. Here's your special offer from the Reading and Writing Podcast. Get two audiobooks for the price of one today with your first month of membership with the code RWPODCAST at checkout. This offer is only valid for new members in Canada and the U.S., Check out Libro.fm today. Well, welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Jesper Smith. Jesper is the author of the Keystone Bone Trilogy. He's also the co-host of the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast, and he's the co-author with Autumn Burt of three new books about writing, Plot Development, A Method for Outlining Fiction, Plot Development, Step-by-Step, Exercises for Planning Your Book, and then story idea, a method to develop a book idea. Jesper, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Great. Well, if someone listening hasn't heard about the Keystone Bone Trilogy yet, how would you describe your trilogy? Well, it's probably a fairly classic fantasy tale, I would say. <laughs> it um, it has, though, races and people and monsters and whatnot that uh, I built myself or developed myself. Um, but I think the main characters probably resemble elves fairly fairly well. Although, in this case, these people, um, if they leave the forest, they they get something called the field blight, which will basically kill them over time. So they can't stay out of the forest for too long. Uh, and unfortunately, the main protagonist will be forced to do so. So there's some challenges there. <laughs> Well, as I mentioned, you're the co-host of the Am Writing Fantasy podcast, and you currently have 84 episodes. What drove you to start podcasting, and what can someone expect if they listen to the Am Writing Fantasy podcast? Yeah, well, we started actually many, many years ago um, with a YouTube channel. So there's also an Am Writing Fantasy YouTube channel where originally we uploaded videos, um, very much in the beginning focused on fantasy world building, author interviews, and stuff like that. And we probably ran that for something like two and a half years. And the video media is 
fairly different from the audio media. <laughs> you have to you have to do a lot of other things to keep a YouTube video engaging, and it takes a lot of, of effort. Uh, podcasting does as well, but it's different. Um, and we didn't really see after two and a half years, we we weren't at the place where we wanted to be with the YouTube channel. So we decided to try to shift medium to something else. Uh, and then started the podcast instead. So that's what we do nowadays. We've been doing that for probably a year or something like that. Uh, and well, it's going a lot better. <laughs> we we still upload the podcast episodes to to the YouTube channel, so they are there if people prefer to listen via YouTube. But there there are no longer videos as such uh, on on our our channel there. But but what we try to cover is. Basically everything, sometimes we talk about uh, the writing craft itself. Sometimes we talk about marketing uh, of books and sometimes we talk about the general like publishing process. So we cover a lot of different things. And then usually like once a month, we have a different voice uh, joining the podcast, meaning that we have a guest coming on and we try to, we try to get guests on who are very, very accomplished in what they're talking about. So, for example, we've had Joanna Penn on uh, to talk about um, publishing wide and, and stuff like that. Uh, Mark Leslie Lefebvre, who is the former Kobo director, was also on. So we tried to get some, uh, what we, I guess we could label them as heavy hitters on to, to educate the audience. So there's a lot of good stuff to, to get there. Great. Well, as I mentioned earlier, you've just published three different nonfiction books about writing, two of those specifically about plot development. What mistakes or problems do you see with fantasy authors who are struggling with plot issues? Yeah, I I don't know if I can say that they are mistakes as such, to be honest. I mean, between Autumn and myself, we, we've written more than 20 books by now. We, and to be honest, we're probably approaching or even have surpassed 30. Uh, so, so we've been through this a lot, a lot of times ourselves. And Autumn and I, we are also co-writing. So we needed to be able to document how we're going to write books and and that was basically the starting point for why we wanted to write these books on how to plot a novel. But uh, to come back to your question there, I, I don't think it's mistakes as such. It's it's more like a different way of doing it because you can pants books, meaning that you don't plot them at all and you just write. And, and then what you will face is that once you get to the editing stage, you need to spend a lot of time rewriting and redoing you'll have plot holes things that doesn't make make any sense you you might be missing part of a character arc and stuff like that so i i guess to some extent you could say you can just choose choose your preference here meaning that you can just write whatever you want and then spend a lot of time editing or you can try to spend some time up front planning things out and you are going to spend a lot less time doing editing so it's not necessarily that the plotting itself is is overall going to save you a lot of time uh, because it's more like, do you spend the time in the beginning or do you spend it in the end? But what I do like about the plotting, which I do think some novels suffer from, is the fact that uh, the, the truly original ideas usually don't come to you if you're just writing or pantsing it out. Uh, when you spend some time up front trying to really think about how can I make this interesting and how can I make it different, compared to what has been read and seen a million times before. That's where you can get some originality into, into your novel, which a lot of the time 
either you won't get if you pants it or you will miss it during editing because there is a million other things that you're trying to juggle and and get to work in the story um, at that point in time. So it's just, uh, it's a methodology in terms of writing a novel. It's not the only way of doing it. And and we don't try in the books either to preach that everybody should do it. But what we do say is that everybody should try it once before they say that they that they don't like plotting. <laughs> sure, that makes sense. Well, well, can you explain in a little more detail how you and Autumn go go about plotting a novel? And when and when we say plotting, are we talking about an outline? And if so, um, how long would that be for a typical novel? And how much detail are you giving it? Is it is it something where? Um, for example, this is a different craft, but if you read interviews with filmmakers, they will oftentimes storyboard the entire movie where they have almost like a cartoon or comic book of each scene. Um, so I guess what I'm asking is it on a scene by scene level, is it chapter by chapter? Can you give us a little bit more detail about how you and Autumn actually plot a novel and what yeah, that looks like? Absolutely, yes. Uh, so... We've divided our process into basically like we call them the seven, seven pillars of story structure. So we before we actually get into any sort of plotting elements, we always develop our characters first. Because basically, it doesn't matter what genre you write in, the, the characters are what makes the readers come back for more. The, the characters are the story. So if you look at it, you know, at its core, a story is really about someone who's confronted with a problem. They cannot ignore that problem. And as a result, they come out changed on the other end. So that's the, basically the character arc. And without the character arc, you have nothing except a series of random events that takes place. And maybe some stuff blows up here and there and whatnot. But it's not really a story without that. So that's why we always focus with uh, uh, or start out with developing our characters and understanding who who the who are the characters who's going to populate the story and how are they going to work? Um, quite maybe a bit of a side tangent here, but it was quite interesting because we actually researched all the top one hundred best selling fantasy books uh, because that's our genre on Amazon.com, and we found that twenty seven percent of the positive reviews all mention characters as the reason why people like the book. And second place was actually plot with 20%. And also, if you look at all the negative reviews, we found that also 27% of the negative reviews stated that poor character development was the reason why they did not like the book. And after that came grammatical errors with only 10%. So based on that, at least, it's fair to assume that uh, across genres as well, that um, characters are massively important to, to how well a book is received. And it is also really important what, what happens. And that's where our pillar number two comes in. That's the plot post, as we call them. So that's basically all like the major things that are going to happen throughout the plot. So we have, we have a lot of stages to this and we go into great detail in the book about explaining exactly how to do that. Um, but we, we then lay out all those external events, what's going to happen and mingle it together with the character arc and the journey that the character will take so that basically everything fits together. Um, we also like to look at Enneagram personality types. We have a full chapter on that. Uh, we use the Enneagram uh, to define our characters when we develop them um, because there is, you can, you have um, 
a number of different Enneagram types. You have nine personality types and you can be healthy or unhealthy versions of each. And it's extremely helpful to, in the book, we have whole lists of this. So basically you could say, okay, I have an Enneagram personality type number seven as this character, and he's at this level of maturity. And then you can, you know, shift him upwards in maturity or make him less mature uh, or less unhealthy, so to speak, um, as as part of the character. So basically by using this system, you don't have to invent the wheel. You you can use those um, templates as such to to uh, to run characters. Actually, to be honest, in episode eighty two of the I'm Writing Fantasy podcast, uh, we del- dove into all the Enneagram personality types, and we also tried to make it very entertaining to listen to. So there's some really funny examples there. But <laughs> right, but, but maybe well, coming well, back to the question about how long is mm-hmm. uh, the outline, because. Also here, I feel like it varies a lot. Um, you can get by with fairly high level, a, a high level plot of your novel if you want. Uh, we don't say in the book that you have to do this much or, or this little. We say that you have to go through all the seven pillars that we have laid out in order to get the final result. But how much do you write in each pillar is probably a lot down to your own process, a lot down to your own experience and your own preferences. In our particular case, it is extremely detailed uh, because we co-write the books. It, it is the worst thing that can happen for us is that we start writing and then we're 15 chapters in, and then all of a sudden Autumn tells me that this is not what I thought would, was going to happen, or this is what not what I I wanted to happen, and then we have to rewrite the whole thing. So we don't want to do that. So we are in our case we are extremely detailed. So basically, once we're done plotting. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. The only thing we need to do to turn it into a novel is filling in the blanks, meaning 
it, the plotting won't have any setting descriptions and and but we know exactly where the characters are we know who they're talking to what they're talking about the whole thing is there so the whole story is basically there but we need to fill in maybe uh you know 50,000 words of description but but we know exactly what's going to take place so but i i don't think there is a definitive answer on how much or how little people should do i think people need to find their own way with it and is this something that you developed over time this this method and and uh of plotting yeah so uh, yeah as, as as i said you know we we probably are close to or have surpassed 30 books uh, that we've written by now so so this is this is sort of a combination of everything that autumn learned through her writing of books and what I learned through my writing of books meshed together. And then, then of course, we had a lot of, of discussions about um, how do we structure it best and what would work for us. So at the end of the day, we needed a method for plotting our joint books that we could both, uh, we both thought was uh, well enough, uh, deep enough, detailed enough, and covered all the important points when it comes to structuring a novel. So that was what it was born out of, basically the the joint experience there, and and what we feel like this is what works, and this is what makes a novel tick. Because the stories that work all have a structure, and they all follow a certain formula, and the formula of this is the whole point. So I know, for example, those who don't like plotting, they what we quite often hear is people saying that, well, if you plot the novel in that much detail. And you're just boxing the story in and it sort of becomes very boring. Uh, but again, you know, the, the formula and the story structure is the whole point of it. So a lot of the creative work that takes place during the plotting, that's where we do a lot of brainstorming, a lot of discussing back and forth. How do we make this part of the novel more exciting and how do we make it better and so forth? And then, of course, then you can say yes. Then when you sit down to write, then you're, you're as I said before, you're filling in the blanks. Whereas the people who are pantsing the novel, they will discover the story as they write. Um, so not one is not better than the other, but at the end of the day, even those who pants also needs then doing editing to get back to the formula of a story structure, because unless you are hitting certain things in a story that readers expect to be there, the readers might not be able to put their fingers on why they, they don't quite like the story, but intuitively they will know that there's something off with the story and I don't quite like it. And that is because it's not following the formula that is expected when you're reading a story. So that might sound a bit formulaic and, and boring, but <laughs> but it's still true, and nevertheless, <laughs> it, it kind of reminds me. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the uh, thriller and suspense author Jeffrey Deaver. I've actually interviewed him on this podcast, and um, he has said in, in that interview, as well as many other interviews, he describes his writing process, and it's very similar to what you're talking about to the point where. Um, you know, cause he's one of these, uh, authors who is on a strict schedule of at least one book a year and, um, he can spend months, uh, on a very, very detailed outline to the point mm-hmm. where when he, when he finishes, um, he can end up writing the, the novel very quickly, but, um, his books are very, um, 
very plot and also he tries to have multiple twists in the stories where you think it's going in one direction and suddenly you're surprised, but it just makes, it makes me think of that. Um, so there are several uh, screenplay uh, books about how to write screenplays, uh, not novels with screenplays that spend a lot of time stressing a very specific formula or structure for plot. Do you think the same applies to novel writing and plots? Yeah, it's not necessarily, I guess, that, that maybe the same structure. I'm not too familiar with screenplay writing, so I'm, I'm not going to uh, claim to be an expert there. But but at least when it comes to novel writing, um, the there is a formula. You know, for for example, okay, so you need an inciting incident. Something needs to happen that triggers the person to to go on their journey or to to do something out of their i mean otherwise why would they why would they run to the castle to fight the dragon unless there's a reason to right that's not something you just decide to do so there is there is these different pillars that we that we call plot posts that you need to go through um and they need to be there if if a reader gets like probably let's say four or five chapters into the book and nothing has happened yet. The, the character is still walking around at home and, and talking to the friends and family and whatnot. I mean, that's sort of where they readers start to tune out, right? Then they'll be like, well, I feel like something should have happened. Now, they, they might not know that in a story structure, this is about the time where an inciting incident should occur. But intuitively, as I said before, you know, they, they will feel like, well, there's something off here. Why, why is nothing, ha- nothing has happened yet? Um and when we lay out our plus posts, we actually give a <laughs> actually a calculation that, that allows you to say, okay, the novel is probably going to be this many words, and we even break it break it down by genre to say what is normally the length of a novel in which genre. So you can take that and you can start breaking it down to say, okay, if my novel is a hundred thousand words, that means that the inciting incident should probably happen in chapter number five, for instance. Um, and then you, when you do your plotting, you put it there. Um, and by the end of the process, you have a novel that follows the structure that readers expect to see, even if they don't know it. So what are your earliest memories of reading fantasy novels? Uh, I think my earliest one is probably the Dragonlance uh, series by Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman. Uh, I Absolutely loved that as as a child reading that. Um, And I think it was last year. I I had sort of been thinking about for a long time, maybe I should read it again. But I was really concerned, you know, once you go back and revisit an old (laughs) novel that you really love, you're you're concerned that it's not going to hell. It's probably like 20, no, 30 years probably since I read it. So it feels like I'm scared that it's going to disappoint me if I read it again. But I have two sons now, so I thought like, okay, fine, let, let's try let's try to read it, and then I'll read it together with them. And it, it's it's held up time wise pretty well, I would say. It's, it's it's pretty good, but you can see that it has aged a bit. You know, it, there is a bit of info dumps going on, all <laughs> and and the, the the way of telling the story is slightly different compared to how you you tell a story. In today's day and age, but I absolutely loved Dragonlance when that first came out, or when I first read it, I should say. So, what led you to writing and publishing your first novel? Yeah, so <laughs> I have actually, I've always write, uh, liked creating, I've always loved world building, and I was never in doubt that if I was going to do anything, it would have to be fantasy because I just love that. Um, but I also had in the back of my mind, you know, that 
well, writing is probably, it could be fun to write a novel someday. You know, I, I think I saw some surveys on the internet at some point that said that 90% of all Americans would like to write a novel, something like that. So I, it's probably not anything different uh, for me in that case. That It's just something a lot of people think about that that would be interesting to do. Um, but also, like a lot of people, I had it in my mind that that's something I could do when I retire at some point. Then I can sit down and I can start writing a novel. Um, and then usually every, or yeah, most years, uh, the family and, and myself, we go to Finland uh, and we spend a couple of weeks of summer vacation in a summer cottage up there. And, and in Finland, you go to the sauna a lot. So one evening I was sitting there during summer vacation in the sauna and just relaxing. And then I started thinking, why is it that I got it into my mind that writing a novel is something that I cannot do until I retire? Why couldn't I just write now? You know, do as much as I can. I, uh, of course, I, I had to t- have to take care of a day job and all the other stuff and family and whatnot like everybody else. But if I write like an hour a day maybe or half an hour or whatever I can fit in, at some point I will have a novel. And then I just sort of next morning I got up and I pulled out my laptop and I just started writing something. That never saw the light of day, of course. It was horrible, <laughs> but I just started writing. <laughs> So did so did you end up writing um, any novels before the one that became your first novel that published? I guess kind of you could say because the the, the first novel that I published is sort of the second iteration of that novel. Um, okay. I threw away probably fifty sixty thousand word of that novel and started all over. So it it is the second version of it. It's the same story, but or slightly same story. I did change that as well, but it took many many tries before i got to to a stage where i felt like okay now this is actually fair to ask money for now <laughs> great well are you working on another novel now yeah so we just published those three books that you mentioned in the beginning of this episode um which were all non-fiction books uh and then autumn and myself we're also running courses for authors so we have a course that we are basically going to spend the rest of this year finishing up so we have the plot for our next fiction novel done uh, for book number one in that series. We have that done. It's probably going to be a six book series. Uh, and the entire plot for book one, number one is, is complete. So the aim is that once we, once we get to the end of this year and hopefully have this course completed and, and made available, then we will get into writing that series. And next year, 2021, we will purely focus on writing um, novels. And hopefully if all goes well, maybe we can publish or write three or four books next year. Great. Well, what books and authors inspire you and and that you go back and reread? Well, I'm probably a bit weird in this context because it's, it's the same thing with uh, when it comes to movies or, or series on Netflix or HBO or whatever, you know. Uh, my wife like like she likes to go back and and watch the, uh, some some of the old stuff that has it has been a while since she last watched it and uh, because it's good and she loved loved the series or she loved the characters and she watches again and I never do it I, you know I, I just I, I just feel like once I've seen or read something once then I'm done with it and I move on <laughs> so so I I don't really have anything I'm revisiting uh, as such. Um, well, well, what have you read? What have you read in the last two to three years that you really enjoyed and that you would mention? Um, well, I've actually, well, right now, actually, I'm reading like a short story collection, which is a bunch of different uh, authors 
um, which is actually sci-fi. Uh, sci-fi is also good, uh, but most most of the time I, I do read um, uh, I do read uh, fantasy. But Daniel Aronson had a short story in that collection. I, I right now on top of my head I can't remember what it was called, but it's basically like uh, angels. Uh, fighting uh, the devil and stuff like that. It, it was pretty cool. I, I really liked that one. But unfortunately, Do you the I can't name remember. of the anthology. Yeah, it was called uh, Galaxy, I think. Uh, but actually, I checked because I wanted to mention it on our own the podcast. It was something that they put together uh, and published because they were raising money for a charity event. And oh. I checked on Amazon last month, and it's gone. So I think that they pulled it again after they collected the charity and then uh, they removed the collection again. So I'm not sure you can actually get it anywhere. Ah. Unfortunately. So <laughs> ah, that's, that's unfortunate. Where can people find you online to learn, to learn more about you and your books? Yeah. So obviously since uh, this is a podcast and obviously I would encourage people to go to the am writing fantasy podcast. You just search for that and we are basically everywhere. So you search in your podcast app and you can find us and we often talk about the things we're doing there uh, in that podcast. But otherwise, if, if people want to um, find about me specifically, then uh, yeah, just uh, type in jespersmith.com. Uh, yeah, I think probably my name will be in the show notes or something. <laughs> that might be yeah, a bit so difficult well. to, uh, <laughs> to, to spell out for people. But uh, yeah, jespersmith.com and uh, you can find all the, uh, all the details if you want. Great. Well, again, we've been speaking with Jesper Smith, author of the Keystone Bone Trilogy. He's also the co-host of the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast, and he's the co-author with Autumn Bird of three new ebooks about or three new books about writing: Plot Development, a Method for Outlining Fiction, Plot Development, Step by Step Exercises for Planning Your Book, and Story Idea, a Method to Develop a Book Idea. So go buy the books now. And Jesper, thanks for doing this interview. Thank you very much for having me. Great. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.